your Bibles, let's open them to Ezekiel chapter 3. Got a couple of things I want to share with you. Ezekiel chapter 3. Let's look at this verse of scripture. Now it came to pass, this is verse 16, excuse me. Now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. Somebody say, speak up. Yet if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Say, speak up. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you did not give him warning, he shall die in his sin, and his righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. I got a picture I want to show you. We've been dealing with this for the last couple of weeks as I've been sharing a series called Unblocked. Everybody say Unblocked. Unblocked. Get them put that picture up for us. Unblocked. And there's a, uh, uh, the analogy that I've been using is one of a stroke. When a stroke occurs, there is a blockage in the blood vessels that feed the brain. What you see on your screens, what you see up here at the front, there is a flow of blood. You see all those red circles behind? There's a flow of blood that's trying to get to a location to do a particular task, but there's something in the way. Say it's blocked. It's blocked. It's blocked. There's something in the way keeping it from flowing. Now, there's a couple of little red circles on the upper side. Just a few things are getting through, but not nearly as much as what should be getting through. And I told you over these last couple of weeks, this is a picture of the church. That there is an anointing, there is a power, there is a gift, there is a presence of God that we should be experiencing at a totally different level. The flow has already been released, but we're not experiencing it because we've got some blockages. And I, for one, have come to undo the blockages. I think for me personally, it's time to get unblocked. Y'all don't leave me up here by myself on the third Sunday. I, don't, I just believe it's time to get some blockages out the way so we can get into the flow of God. When you look at the church in the book of Acts, Acts is the perfect picture for what a church should look like. And you see the rate at which miracles occurred. You see the rate at which the word of God just took hold of a city and changed even the rulers and the leaders' minds. If you look at what happens in the book of Acts and you compare it to what happens in our churches all across the country, there is a big difference. 
And the reason why the difference is big is not because God changed. No, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not so much that people change. People have been people since we've been peopling. What changed was the fact that somewhere between Acts and here, we got blocked. And the same flow, the same spirit that was released on the day of Pentecost is still released, still pouring out today. But we're not seeing it like we should because we've been blocked. We told you the first thing was unresolved issues. We don't be direct. We don't go to people when they do us wrong. Next, we talked about unforgiveness. You got to let some stuff go. Say it again. Say, let it go. You got to say it like you mean it. Say, let it go. And I hope you took the time and the opportunity on that service, if you watched it afterwards, to just release some people and some situations and really let it go. Because you can't handle the things of God with a blockage of unforgiveness. So you just got to let it go. Say it again. Say let it go. When you're blocked up like that in terms of a stroke, there are things, different symptoms that occur. Someone may experience slurred speech. That's what happens to the church. Nobody understands what we mean anymore because we got all these blockages blocking our vocal ability. Sometimes you end up paralyzed on one side or all sides and you're not able to move. Church can't be church because we've got blockages in us. And sometimes if you do not fix it in time, the whole organ will die. If I had a picture of a clot, if I had an actual clot that would be in somebody's brain and I had it in a little baggie and I put it up here for you to see, even with that 4K camera, if you zoom in on it, you would not be able to see it. It's that small, but also that deadly. Isn't it interesting that it's the smallest things that could kill the entire body? Solomon put it this way, it's the small foxes that spoil the entire garden. Some things we just have to nip in the bud. Say amen to that. Just got to put some stuff to bed and say we're not going to participate in that anymore because we want to be unblocked. Do you know how powerful they moved in the book of Acts that the Bible says, I think I've shared this over the weeks, that when people knew Peter was coming to town, they would bring all the sick people into the street. That if he passed by them, his shadow would touch them. And then they would get healed. Could you just, just, just imagine the power of God that rested on the apostle Peter? Just imagine the expectation of the city. That's like going down trade and try on. And you can't move down the street because they got beds and gurneys in the way. Because we got sent out a message church was going to walk through here today. And because the church is coming through today, people are going to get healed today. Things are going to change today. People are going to get delivered today. Do you know that it would be such that they would just be talking and evil spirits would start coming out of people? Do you know what would happen? That, that, that they would just be just being ordinary in themselves, but the power of God rested on them. That's what should be happening today. But we got some blockages in the way, and I want us to get unblocked so we can be the church that God has called us to be. Say amen to that. So today, what I want to focus on, what the blockage of today is, is carnality or the carnal mind. Carnality or the carnal mind. One of the blockages we have in church is the carnal mind or living in carnality. What is the carnal mind? Carnal is anything related to the flesh or the body. 
carnal needs or desires. One definition says it's enjoyments that minister to the wants and desires of a man's animal nature. It's the opposite of the spirit. To be carnally minded is to be controlled or dominated by fleshly desires. The carnal mind only thinks about itself rather than God, or it puts things in place of God. It glorifies the person over God. The root of carnality is an I mentality. The root of carnality is an I mentality. That's why it gives rise to everything that God hates. I feel, I need, I want, I don't, I can, I need, I must have. The carnal mind, if you're taking notes, you can catch this one. The carnal mind seeks to live a life without God. The carnal mind seeks to live a life without God. Here's the reality. When you got saved, when you got born again, your spirit man was recreated in Christ Jesus to do good works. Your spirit was saved and your soul was put in a position to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But your flesh is just as much a sinner today as it was before you got saved. That's Bible. You, you, your spirit is recreated. When you die, when you leave up out of here, your spirit is going straight up to heaven because it's been made right with God. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. And because you've got a born-again spirit, you can renew your soulish man to think and feel the things that God wants. But your physical body, your flesh, everybody say flesh. That's just as much a sinner today as it was before you got saved. And you will be stuck with your flesh until you die or the rapture occurs. The Apostle Paul put it this way, when I would want to do right, my soul has been renewed. When I would want to do right, my soul is renewed because I've got a born-again spirit. When I want to do right, evil is always present. Where did the evil come from, Paul? In my own self. And that's why he said there was no good thing within me. Talking about the flesh. Everybody say the flesh. So the flesh is just as sinful and you're stuck with it. So how do you deal with something that is forever broken? You've got to crucify it daily. The Apostle Paul said, you've got to die to the flesh daily, constantly exhorting God over what you desire. What you're going to learn about this message today is it's not about you. I want everybody to take a deep breath. Everybody take a real deep breath, deep breath in, deep breath out. Some of y'all need a peppermint. Deep breath in, deep breath out. Say this with me. It is not about me. One more time. Deep breath in, deep breath out. It is not. It is not. No matter how I feel, no matter how I try to make it, it is not about me. Anytime you think it is about you, that is the carnal mind. That is carnality. That is what God cannot stand. When you become so you focused that you forget that you have a God, that 
is the carnal mind. And most Christians know this, and yet some of us still live comfortably in our carnality. And because we are comfortable in carnality, we produce the fruit of carnality, and we are blocked from receiving the anointing, the grace, the power, and the presence of God. As a church, we've got to overcome our carnal desires. As a church, we've got to overcome our carnal nature. As a church, we have to overcome our carnal minds and come alive and stay consistent to the desires of the Spirit. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 5. As we go through this, because some of you looking like I'm speaking a different language, but as we go through this, you'll see how important and how powerful it is to combat and overcome the carnal mind. Let's look at this in the New King James Version. Thank you. For those who live according to the flesh, say the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is what? To be, car- to be so me-focused is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I need life and peace. How about you? I need life and peace. So to be carnally minded is to kill something, but to be spiritually minded is to give it life and peace because, verse 7, the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, who, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. If you live in by the carnal mind, you cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. Talking to believers now, you're not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, meaning that flesh is just, it's just broken. That's just how it is. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. I want you to look at this in the Amplified Classic. Let's see this in verse 5 again, just those same verses, different translation. Those who are according to the flesh are controlled by its unholy desires. Set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now, the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason, without the Holy Spirit. Remember what I told you? The carnal mind seeks to live a life without God. The mind of the flesh that seeks to live without the Holy Spirit is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. Look at verse 7. That is because the mind of the flesh, with all its carnal thoughts and purposes, is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. The carnal mind is at war with God because it's trying to live without God. 
Any of you who went to Sunday school, do you remember what the first commandment was? You will have no other gods before me. The number one rule that God gave, the carnal mind seeks to break it every day. Trying to put something, sometimes ourselves, in the position of God rather than God himself. The Bible says if you have a carnal mind, Tim, God is just strapping on them boxing gloves. He's just trying. What was that rapper's name we was laughing at the other week that punched the man out in the store? The baby. The baby went to the store and punched the man out in the store. God is like that. He's going to find you. You trying to live it without me, he's just going to go ahead and square up and fight on sight. And some of you have found yourself in a wrestling tug of war with God because what you have been trying to do, you've been trying to do it without him. I'll give you a prime example of this because you're still looking like you don't really connect the dots. Nobody ever planned to go drinking with their spirit. The Holy Ghost was nowhere in your decision making to go drinking, especially if you actually went and did it. You did not get a, a word to go stand in line at the ABC store, flash your ID, get the little baggie, get the stuff, get the brown paper bag, come out and go do whatever you did. Y'all better talk to me in here. That was not the move of the spirit. It was, however, the carnal mind. I need, I want, I, I'm so stressed. You hear people talk about this. I'm so stressed. I just need something to take the edge off. I know a lot of younger people uh, who struggle with, with, with marijuana and weed because they say, I'm just so stressed. I just need to escape. And they'll go light up their joints and things of that nature so that they can get away from whatever it is they're going through. But when you have Jesus, what do you need drugs for? When you have Jesus, what do you need drink for? It's a carnal thing to think I need to escape, so let me go to this earthly thing. You have made alcohol your God. And now you're trying to go to a bottle to give you peace. Peace don't come from a bottle. I mean, do you honestly think if we could bottle up peace and sell it, don't y'all think they would have been selling it by now? Y'all been in America long enough. Don't you think they would have bottled it up and packaged it? Peace, two for $4.99. Don't you think they would have had it out there by now? Can't bottle up peace. Peace only comes from God. Let the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, completely. It, peace comes from God. But anytime you try to go to something other than God, that is practicing carnality. That is the carnal mind. So it's no wonder. Now, here's the part that's shocking. We know this, but we have so many carnal-minded Christians in church. And you'll see here in a minute that the things that should be happening out there are actually common in here because we keep living by the mind of carnality. The Bible says God is at war with that. Anytime you try to do something without God, you've elevated that something to the place of God, and that is idolatry. The key to getting unblocked is allowing the Spirit of God to live through you. Let's just look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. These, the rest of these, I think, are in the New King James Version. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. And brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual people. What kind of people? Couldn't talk to you like spiritual folk, but as to 
carnal people, as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For up until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able, for you are still carnal. How do you know you're practicing carnality? For where there are envy, where there are strife, where there are divisions among you, you are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For where there are envy. I'm going to ask you a question. I just want you to be honest. I'm up here. You're out there. They can't see you. They can see me. Is there some envy in the church? For where there are in, in, any strife in the church, that, that little pull that you see somebody and automatically you get an attitude, you was doing just fine before you came and saw them in the place. Is there strife in the church? Is there envy in the church? Are there divisions, your side, my side, what I thought, what she thought, what I think, what we supposed to do in the church? Bible says if that's what you have, it's because you are carnal. And as long as you live carnally, you will be an ordinary person. That's what that means, mere men. You living like a mere man, somebody who can't do anything about what's going on in the world today. When you got born again, you became the most powerful person on the planet. That there was a voice and authority. When you get born again and you start speaking to things, the, whatever you're speaking to, it doesn't hear your voice anymore. It hears Jesus' voice. That's why things change when we start praying. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much because when we get together to pray, those sicknesses, those diseases, those situations, those circumstances don't hear your little voice. They hear the voice of God. But this says as long as you live in carnally, can't nobody hear you? Can't nobody hear God working in you. That's why you've been praying and ain't nothing been changing. Because as long as there is carnality, you are ordinary. I want to get us out of ordinary. Got to stop entertaining carnality. This mental state that says we don't need God. I was thinking about this, and, and, and Shekinah, I might get in trouble for this, and I wish Aaron was here so I can hit this door if I got in trouble and the stones started flying at me. I started thinking about this, and there is a reckoning coming for every auntie and uncle and older brother and sister and big cousin who led children into carnality rather than holding them to the standard of the truth. What do I mean by that? You know, th I'll tell you what, here's a, here's a real good one. That's the carnal mind. Happy birthday. You're 21 now. Let me go buy you your first drink. That's carnal. That's carnal. That's a fleshly desire. You, you're old enough now to go and drink, so let's go and do. And for everybody who led children down the way, like pod pipering them into hell, there is a reckoning for that. There's a oh, oh, you, you turned 18. It's time to go get your first tattoo. There's a reckoning for that. That's carnal. That's carnal. That, that's, that's a fleshly desire. Oh, I want. Oh, I feel. Oh, this will look good. Where was God in your decision making? Think back. Did you even ask him what he thought? I put that down a lot better than you picked it up. Did you even ask him what he thought? Some of us have made carnal decisions with our shopping. 
And if I look at your Amazon account record, I'll see a whole bunch of carnality because you just shop, 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 money, 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 going, 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 going. And then want to come poor mouth that I can't go because I don't have. You spent it all. Where was God? In the, did you even ask him, Lord, do I need this mixer? You don't even bake, but you done bought a mixer off him. Do I need this mixer? Do I need this? Do I need this? Do I, I want to go here? Some of us have traveled in carnality. Those little concerts, and what's the one? Uh, it's a real big one. They had Coachella. That's what it's called. Everybody going all about, saving up all this money to go out yonder to listen to all these artists who may or may not have sold their souls to the devil, pod pipering more people into hell. And what we got to go because that's what culture tells us to do. That's carnal. That's carnal. That's carnal. And the Bible says that carnal mind is at war with God. Sometimes, you know, it's not just, you know, it's not like I'm just doing my best and things ain't coming together. Sometimes God is really, not literally, but it's like you getting thumped upside the head because God is trying to tell you, hey, you're trying to do this without me, and that's not how this works. Bible says in him we live, we move, we have our being. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 5. This is in the Amplified Classic, I believe I sent it in. I think that's right. Nope, nope, New King James, New King James. Thank you. The Bible says in verse 5, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Talking about your body. Carnality is your flesh, what you want, what you desire. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetedness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked in when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these. What's the fruit of carnality? Anger. Are there angry people in church? Wrath. Are there people who have great wrath in the church? Malice. That's evil intent. People got some evil intentions, some evil ambitions. Everybody ain't trying to help you, even in church. Blasphemies, filthy language out of your mouth. Every time you cuss, you curse with a carnal mind. I tell you, Deacon is picking. I'm putting this down way better than they put, picking it up. But I knew when I was writing this, this wasn't going to be one of the, oh, shout, preach, preach. I knew it wasn't going to be one of those. Because it goes to the root of what you enjoy. And you think you're justified in enjoying it. But what if what I'm enjoying, I'm only enjoying it because God's not in it? Should I continue to enjoy it? No, I should let that thing, whatever it is, I should let that go. And tell God, I'm sorry for even thinking about that as an option. I'm choosing you and you alone. Blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Do people lie in church? Ask me how I know. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. Sure do. Look you straight in your eye and tell you they did something they had. They ain't even thought about it. They ain't even thought about it. Or tell you that they didn't do something and you got it on camera that it did. Ha this is exactly what happened in church. In church. 
Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. In other words, you shouldn't live this way anymore because you have been born again. Christ has become the Lord of your life. You have put to death that carnal mind and have come alive to the spirit life of God. But you, you, just, you just answered it for me. We still see a lot of these things in church. So it would stand. So my point, that's what I want you to get. My point is, is that the carnal mind is a blockage within the church, and we've got to get that blockage removed. Got to get that blockage removed. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. This familiar passage of Scripture. A lot of people jump to Galatians 5, and they jump down to the end and start talking love, joy, peace, peace. But I want you to see a little something that's in front of that. We'll go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Though another word for uh, carnal or carnality is flesh. Everybody say flesh. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Paul says this is obvious. You don't need a prophet to divine when the flesh is in control. Which are adultery fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Every last one of those you could find in a church. Every last one you could find in a church. So we'll go, to, go back to verse 20 where it says idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention. Let me tell you something about idolatry. The carnal, every time you made a decision to stay home instead of come to church, you made your bed God. You made your bed God. You made your vacation God. You made that thing greater than God. And that's where the problem came in. That's where the problem came in. Now, I'm talking about, like, I'm not talking, you know, you went on vacation or you were sick. I'm talking about you just, you were perfectly fine. You just didn't come to church. Say amen. There are people who do that. You've done that at one point or another. You perfectly, ain't nothing wrong with you. Ain't nothing, you ain't no sick, ain't got no temperature, ain't no fever. You just woke up and like, I ain't going today. Y'all looking mad. Obviously, you didn't do it today because you in here. Duh, but at some point, you did make that decision. No, I ain't going. Some of us made that decision even when people begged us to come. Please just come this Sunday, just this one time. I know parents who have had children in programs here, because I was a youth director, who have programs at the church, and they begged their parents to come, but the parents would not come to see them give a two-and-a-half-minute presentation. What did that? Carnality. Carnality did that. You, I, I, me, me, me. I would come to church, but I'm tired. I told the leaders, I think it was last weekend, baby, everybody is tired. If I took a poll around this room and said, who in here is tired? I guarantee you 95% of the people in here would raise their hand. I believe a little baby would raise their hand. I'm tired too. Little baby is tired. Little baby don't do nothing but eat and poop and go to sleep, but they tired too. You want a gold stamp just because you're tired. Baby, we're all tired. 
but there's something that propels me out of my tired on the wall to serve, in position to preach, in position to play, in position to do, in the car to drive and pick up people. It's because I'm not living by the carnal mind anymore. I'm living by the Spirit. And there's something greater than what I can see. The carnal mind also only looks at what you see. Only looks at what's right in front of you. Have you, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know, can't even tell you how many mistakes I've made looking at what was only right in front of me. I'll give you this one because you, you, this is real easy. My mama always taught me this. When you drive, you need to have enough room for you and two to three cars in front of you. Y'all ever heard that before? You ever heard that? All the young drivers ain't heard it in his shows on 77. All, but all the, everybody over 40 know what I'm talking about. You're supposed to give enough room for everybody in order to get just in case something happens that you cannot see. And some of us have been in some of life's greatest accidents because we were only focused on what we could see in front of us. And rather than yield to the spirit man that could even show you what was coming, we made a carnal decision and then we crashed. And then you want to blame God as if God doesn't work. You didn't use God. You used you. And you went as far as you could take you. Let's keep going. This is Galatians chapter 5. Uh, which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, everybody say but. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you die to the carnal mind, and come alive to the spirit mind, be spiritually minded, then it'll become equally evident there's love here, there's joy here, there's peace here, there's patience here, there's kindness, there's godliness, there's faithfulness, there's gentle people here, and there is self-control. I tell my students all the time, I'm a teacher, I teach, I tell my students, if you are acting cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and jumping off a desk and acting like you can't hear me when I talk, you obviously don't have the Spirit because a fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So all the little Christians that tell you, I just couldn't control myself, you must not have the Spirit because a byproduct of the Spirit life is self-control. The Bible says, against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ, that's what I want you to see, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Don't do that. Don't, do, don't, don't partake in those things. Instead, crucify the flesh daily. Every day, you got to wake up and make the determination, I'm not going to do that anymore. Got to make, make that determination. When you get married, cheating is not an option anymore. But you should just set your mind. I's married now. I don't know what movie was that on. I's married now. You married there's no, there's no, You can't be seriously entertaining the prospect of other people because now you are married. Doesn't mean that other people won't try it. Some wife know what I'm talking about. Other people will try it. Be all up in your husband's face, flirting and carrying on. You know, other people will try it, but there's an inward determination. 
I don't, I don't cheat. I, I don't, I don't participate. I see what you're trying to do, but I won't participate because I am married now. It ought to be the same thing when you come to Christ. I'm a Christian now. There are just certain things I don't do anymore. I don't curse anymore. I don't drink anymore. Don't smoke anything anymore. Don't go clubbing and partying anymore. There's nothing out there for me. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. And it befuddles me the people who in 2021 and 22 could stand in line to go to a club but would never come to church. Spiritually minded is life and peace. Carnally minded is, is death. And you would think that after all this time, we'd have enough examples of how choosing the wrong way has remade, resulted in bad results, but people still yield to what they feel, what they want, what they desire. And the reason why, the Apostle Paul says, is you have not crucified it. You cannot cast out the flesh. You have to crucify it. So you can come up here all day, all day till you're blue in the face. I just want God to help me control my desires. And we can pray over you and believe God. Not going to do, do a single thing. Not going to do nothing for you. I know that conflicts with what you've been trained to do. But you coming up here and saying, I just don't, I don't want to drink anymore. I want the Lord to take that away from me. Okay, we can believe God for that. But if you go home and still make it an option, you'll still fall into the addiction. I want God to deliver me from pornography. I want to take those things away. I want to live holy and be as he would call me to be. Yeah, we'll agree with you in prayer. But if you go home and don't throw all the junk away, it's still an option for you. You fall right back into it. And now we've made carnality a practice. And now we got, y'all remember Double Dutch? We got this, this bounce thing going where sometimes we're in Christ and sometimes we're in carnality. And that's why the church is looking raggedy. And we got to make a decision. No means no. And if you resist the devil, if you resist that inward urge, he will flee from you. I got to close. I'm coming to the end. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 10. Philippians chapter 2. How do you overcome the carnal mind? You've got to have the spirit mind. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, we have the mind of Christ. We think the way Christ thinks. We do what Christ did. We say what Christ did. That's what it means to be a Christian. I'm going to hit you with this one. It was the Bible, I think it's Acts 26, at Antioch where you were first called Christians. In other words, they were living and talking, moving and breathing in such a way that when people looked at them, their only thought was, y'all are acting like Jesus. That's what they said. Can people say the same about you? Would people know you were a Christian if you didn't wear a cross? Would people know you were a Christian if you didn't take off Good Friday and Christmas Eve for Christmas, sir? Would, would people know it just by the way you carry yourself? It was something about the way the apostles moved, that early church moved, that when people saw them, they said, hey, you talking just like that Jesus man was talking. You're praying just like how Jesus was praying. You are a Christian because you model your life after Christ. Would Christ go to the club? Would Christ drink the fifth of liquor? Would, would, would Christ be in the tattoo parlor letting people mm -mm, all over them and on their skin? Would, would Christ listen to all types of junk and secular music? I'm going to end up doing a series, y'all, because I, I had a student send me a couple of album covers 
just, just album covers from some popular artists that he listened to and wanted to know if I saw anything that was spiritual or demonic or anything like that. And in 30 minutes, I mean, I don't have time to go into it and I don't have any of the pictures. I'm going to have to do it at another time at another session. But the artist in particular prophesied his own death a month after the album was released. Several months after the album was released. He was an artist who particularly liked to drink uh, uh, lean. It's a purple liquid. It's got all kind of different things in it, but cough syrup is the main ingredient. And in the album cover, he's reaching for a car that is fueled by lean. As if this was his choice, as if this is what he wanted. The album came out in like June or July. In December, he was dead. Ask me how he died. A lean overdose. He had drank so much of that poison, he had a seizure. His brain could not recover, and he died. And I looked at some other albums, some other things that they had released, and all kind of stuff. And, I, and in 30 minutes, I had pieced it all together. This came straight from the devil in 30 minutes. But you don't, if you're not spiritually minded, you'll be absorbing stuff, listening to stuff, allowing your children to listen to stuff, and not realize there's a satanic plot. There's a catch to it, and the catch is he wants their souls. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. You've got to have the mind of Christ. Say out loud, I have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of mind is that? Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth. In other words, let the mind of Christ be your mind. What was the mind of Christ? That even though I am God the Son, I will humble myself and become the Son of Man. I will become a human being, endure the cross, die for all of humanity. Let me tell you something. Jesus had a carnal desire to live. If you study it out, in the garden he prayed, if there's any way, this is before the crucifixion, if there is any way you can take this cross away from me, please do it. Please do it. See, see don't, don't, you can't trip me out into thinking that God is so difficult to understand. He's right here near and dear. If there's any way you can remove this suffering from me, please do it. He had the carnal desire, but he wasn't carnally minded he was spiritually minded but not my will but your will be done that's what he prayed so let the mind of Christ be in you what mind is that not what I want but whatever God wants not what I want but whatever God wants there was nothing enjoying nothing uh, happy nothing blessed about being on the cross but there was a glory after the glory there was a glory after he humbled himself and died because he was obedient to what God wanted. Now God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. My point to you is this. It may be painful to deny yourself your own desires. 
but there is a glory that can only be given by God if you say no to the devil and yes to God. If you say, no, and I've lived this time and time again, no, I'm not going to go where they're going. I'm not going to listen to what they're listening to. I'm not going to spend time where they're spending time. I'm going to spend time with God. In the moment, it was painful. In the moment, there was rejection. In the moment, there was loneliness. In the moment, it was difficult. But after a while, there was a glory, and I don't mean this pridefully, arrogantly, but by choosing God, I have far outlasted anybody in my grade, anybody in my classes in high school and in college that chose a different way and you could probably say the same thing you could probably say the same thing I, out of all the people that we used to who used to look and look like they had the best of everything I we I've outlasted them all just because I chose Jesus Christ here's the challenge what if you keep choosing Jesus how much longer how much further would you go how much longer how much further we've got to get unblocked from the carnal mind and come alive to the spirit mind. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we love you. We pray that you have spoken this truth to our hearts. We thank you, Lord God, for ministering to us today. We do not want to be carnally minded. We do not want to try to do anything without you. Don't want to try to do this marriage without you. Don't want to try to raise these children without you. Don't want to try to build this business without you don't want to try doing life without you. We can't survive a war with you, God. So, Father, help us to be like Jesus and humble ourselves. Can we admit today that we do not know everything, but there is a God who does. And if we live according to His Spirit, we will have life and peace. Holy Spirit, do what only you could do. Bring this word back to our remembrance. When we are leaning towards carnality, remind us that we have been born again by the Spirit. And by the Spirit, we must live. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen. Amen. Put your hands together if you love the Lord. Only if you love Jesus. Put your hands together. Glory to God.